Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, along with CPA Allison Reif Martin, together they break down how each major asset class is taxed when inherited. Real estate, public and private owned stocks, bonds, retirement accounts, and annuities. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we're back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast. It's another tax segment with Allison. What's going on, Allison? You know, I was going to say tomorrow is October 15th. So this is tomorrow is the last day to file extension returns for individuals. So uh, it's kind of like if you're not ready, boy, oh boy, I hope you are figuring out how you can get your tax return done because otherwise you are subject to potential interest and penalties for A, not filing on time, and B, just forgetting to file. So make sure you've got yourself covered. So it's been a crazy week for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I bet. I bet. Well, today we're getting into a really important topic because um, lots of people are beginning to, um, I mean, I guess it's been the way since the beginning of time, but maybe I'm coming across a lot of people who are inheriting assets from Mm -hmm. spouses, parents, uh, grandparents, and uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand how those assets, you know, might be taxed, um, and and it and it's important because they are making financial decisions on, you know, what they're going to pay off, where they're going to put what, with with without having a full understanding of the tax consequences of, of what's going on, right? And so, the cool part about when I'm talking to them one on one, right, when we're doing a financial plan, I'm able to walk them through that, you know, one by one. But I wanted to create an episode, um, and a lot of times for stuff that I don't know. And I'll just end up referring him to you, right, to work it out. Uh, but I want to use episode as a way to kind of just go through, you know, the general way the different major asset classes are taxed so people can have an outline, right? You still, you know, and people are probably not going to remember all of them. That's cool. You play like the episode. Uh, and you still want to coordinate this into a, um, a plan, right? Because it's like, you know, it's like understanding oh yeah, I know how to use a paintbrush. I know how to use a piece of, and how to write it on paper, but do you know how to create the masterpiece, right? That, you know, maybe, maybe not, right? But this is just general help so people can know, oh, okay, I heard the episode and um, I think this is how this is taxed. I need to get a really good plan in place, you know, for this. So let's, let, let's kind of go through the major asset classes and how they're taxed. Um, and I was going to say, I'm really glad you're doing this because this follows along with planning for, 2021, which we did a couple of weeks ago, and then planning for just thinking ahead to 2022. But again, thinking estate planning and thinking if you're on the other side of receiving the gifts from, you know, those who, you know, pass away and what's in their estate plan. So you can kind of think, like you say, what's the tax consequence? Do you take it now? Do you not take it? Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so we'll, we'll, we'll start. You want me to kind of throw out the asset class or, or okay. Yes. Yes. So let, let's start. Let's start with real estate and we'll break it into two, you know, rental property and homestead property. How are those two taxed at, at death? Well, so it, it's funny. You and I always say how much we hate to say it depends. It depends on if you are the spouse or if say, for example, you're one of the children inheriting it. But in either case, 
at the time of you you're the you're the beneficiary of say the real estate whether it's an investment property or the primary residence it's always valued at fair market value at the either at the date of death or 6 months later so if you are a spouse you get the step up what they call is a step up in basis meaning I'm pretending here. Let's say that the house you bought for a hundred, you and your husband bought it for a hundred thousand dollars, and the fair market value says it's worth two hundred. At the time of, if your husband passes away, I will. My basis in the house will now become a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I get the step up in his share of the basis. If I'm the, the child who gets the home, I get the full step up in basis from one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. So I get fair market value, which let's assume we valued it at date of death. So that's my, that. I as the child, I will get a home worth two hundred grand, and that actually is is great. If I want to turn around and sell it at that time, there would be no tax implication. But if I want to hold onto the house. My basis is now becomes the $200,000 or fair market value again at the time of death or six months later. That's for both a primary residence and a rental property as well. Okay. What about non-qualified assets? So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, those types of assets. Uh, so if we're talking publicly traded stocks and bonds, Again, it's fair market value at the date of death or six months later. So fair market value would be what the stock market says that the stock is worth or what the bond uh, bond market says the stock is worth. If it's a privately held stock, then again, it's going to be based on what uh, you get, like I say, a step up in basis based on what the value of the stock was at the time of death. Again, privately held, so there'd be a little bit of extra calculation into it. But again, it's whatever the value of the investment was at the time of death. Okay. And then what about annuities? I know those are kind of, a, you know, specially tax treated. So that's either a variable annuity or a fixed annuity, but one where let's say you bought the annuity for a hundred grand or the, 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 the person who is giving it to you bought it for a hundred grand and now the annuity is worth um, 200 grand. How is the annuity taxed? Typically an annuity is a pre-tax investment vehicle. So you will get it at whatever the value of the variable or even fixed annuity is at the time of death. And it, it here it depends on what you want to do with the annuity. You as the recipient of the gift. If you roll it, you, you can roll it over into another uh, pre-tax investment vehicle and there's no tax. But if you take the full distribution, is it considered a taxable event to you? And I think a lot of people are surprised by that. Um because they're not prepared for it to be taxed as effectively ordinary income. So that's one of those where a conversation with your investment advisor is a great is a great thing to do because they can advise you as to, you know, what again, what are your goals? Do you want to take the hit now? Can you afford to take the hit? And, and, let, and let me clarify, because um, for, for those who, who are following it, there are a lot of annuities that are bought pre-tax, you know, like a lot of 403Bs or annuities, a lot of pension plans are annuities, but then there's like non-qualified annuities. Uh, Allison, I want you to talk to where it's not bought through a retirement plan. It's just an annuity off the street. So you put in after-tax dollars for a hundred and then it has gain uh, um, an example of 200. That's taxed different. How, how is that taxed? It goes back to the fair market value. Mm -hmm. So, you know, <clears throat> but again, if it was purchased with pre-tax dollars, 
or I'm sorry, with post-tax dollars, then the post-tax dollar piece of it was will be obviously that's your basis and it'll you won't have to worry about you'll get the step up in basis without the tax impact to it. Okay. So just like everything else, so we're moving down the spectrum to pre-tax retirement plans. So 401ks, IRAs, how, how are those taxed? So that is similar to like a pre-tax annuity. So again, it's valued at the time of death, whatever the investment is worth. And again, you, you when you get it, when it's given to you, it's fair market value or the value at the time of death. But again, here it could conceivably be a taxable uh, taxable event to you if you take the hold hold this or take the distribution, uh, or you have an opportunity to roll it into a, another pre tax IRA four hundred one k kind of a thing. You, there's certain guidelines and rules about how long you have to to roll it over to avoid the tax. But again, conversation with your financial advisor as to what makes sense for you. Okay. And then the last one are going to be uh, Roth IRAs and life insurance. How are those taxed at death? So a Roth IRA is a post-tax purchase with post-tax dollars. So again, it's whatever the value of the account is at the time of death, you will get it and it'll be a completely non-taxable event to you. So you can roll it over, you can take it. It's just not going to be taxable to you at the time you receive it. And, and, same, and, and same for life insurance, right? Same for life insurance too. Again, right. Yes, that's correct. All and right. that's a great strategy for families to think about you know, investing in. So, so to summarize, uh, oversimplification is basically life insurance, Roths, and non-qualified assets, assets being assets that are contributed to with post-tax dollars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those are basically you get you you inherit those without paying taxes because either either it was already you know growing tax free like life insurance or Roth, or you get a step up in basis. But then if it's pre tax accounts like pre tax annuities, uh, retirement plans, IRAs, four hundred one ks, then those are uh, you're going to owe a tax at death, right? To oversimplify the categories. Right, right. And, and that, yes, to oversimplify. And again, it, it really, with the pre-tax uh, assets, again, you have an opportunity to roll it over into another pre-tax of like 401k or something like that. So just be sure that you as the recipient, you know, understand what you're getting so you can make sh- proper decisions as to what to do with it. Because again, it might be worth it to, you know, take the tax hit now. It just depends on what what your goals are. But just make sure you understand there's a, t- there's a potential tax hit to it. That is that is super uh, super helpful. Good, definitely good information. And uh, share the information if you learned one thing that you did not know, because I promise you, like most people think that everybody else knows this, but like we've both worked with people that um, don't make a lot of money or that make a lot of money and are worth a lot of lots of money. And in my personal experience, you know, nine nine out of a hundred people don't know um, these rules that are not in our business. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, I guess it would probably be the same thing with like talking to an artist. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to mix colors, you know, and figure out that, you know, orange plus red equals more orange, you know, or, or whatever the rules are, but I wouldn't necessarily know that. So, and I don't, and if I don't know what I don't know, you don't necessarily know to ask, but I think one of the things that I don't know that I knew was how do you really, con- what is considered pre-tax dollars versus post-tax dollars. Pre-tax might be, effectively, it just means something that you paid for, for which no tax 
was taken out when you paid for it. Or so, for example, if you had a 401k contribution through your employer that was considered a pre-tax traditional IRA, I didn't have to pay tax on it at the time I made the contribution. But if we do say the Roth one, I did that after, uh, you know, after tax was taken out. That's why it's considered a post-tax. That's one to me is something I didn't necessarily really understand the difference. Yeah, you're right. That, that's a good explanation because I've used it so much since I was like 21 in the business that I just I just say it sometimes and I realize sometimes I get that glare. And that's, yeah. the, person, that's, that's the person saying, I don't know what you just said, but I don't want to feel, you know, like I don't, I don't want to feel, you know, the other one that and it, I don't know what you don't know. But again, since you and I are in this so much, um, how many people really read their um their paychecks and even understand what's in it to know what's post-tax, pre-tax, health benefits, how much tax is being withheld. What I, how many people don't know what comes into their, what their paycheck is made up of. A lot of people assume with technology now, since it's all direct deposit, I got paid, it's fine. And then you come to find out the end of the year, it's not fine because they weren't contributing to something that you thought you were contributing to or you weren't being paid right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 an important deal. So financial literacy is is, is really important. And 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 for those, I don't know when this this episode might drop before or after an episode that I've already recorded. So look for a bonus episode before or after this one. But you you'll learn how if you live in America and you are not super financially literate, the cost of living is going to go up on you significantly more. It's already been happening you know, but it's getting worse. And so knowing these things um, is going to help you like not get left behind, um, you know, in, in this, in this period of massive wealth transfer. So um, thank you, Allison, for uh, sharing. Thank you for your information. Let everybody know how they can reach you if they're interested in learning more information. Well, I was going to say, I always enjoy these conversations with you. It's really actually something I honestly look forward to because it's you're just so fun to talk to. So, um, But if you would like to get in touch with me, you can check out my website, which is rifemartinscpa.com, or you can email me at info at rifemartinaccounting.com. And I would love to talk with anyone who needs help in the tax and or accounting space. Awesome. Thanks. You have a good one. Thanks. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.